Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. This week on Erotic Awakening, age to start, why poly and smarty boobs. Before we get started, a quick shout out to our Patreon supporter, Baby Love and Sir. Among other perks, Patreon supporters get discounts to Dana Dawn events like the upcoming Power Exchange Conference, Unconference, on December 7th. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dawn. How are you this fine day? I'm I'm still tired, man. I've been wiped out the last couple of weeks, but it, it's, it's funny. Right. Uh, this last weekend uh, here at the Columbus Base was beyond the love, and we didn't even run the darn thing, and we're all wiped out. We're all wiped out. Well, we hosted a lot of people at our house, and... Uh, yeah, I made sure to be over here. Plus, I was prepping for photographs of the house because we're getting ready to put it on the market and, mm-hmm. you know, all that good stuff. So just packing and moving and time spent here. And, yeah, it's been, I was going to say rough, but that's not the right word. Well, after a long. <laughs> not relaxing. Not relaxing. But after a long, hard weekend, there's nothing like cracking up a cold one. Ooh, that is pretty awesome it was this a, new system. It was a soda pop. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to offend any of our listeners, so I don't want to call it a soda or a pop. pop so right. it's a soda pop. Well, you could just call it a Coke. And what kind of Coke is it, dear? <laughs> it's a Sprite. <laughs> exactly. So, um, um, and actually, well, that brings up a point. So that you said that, it was, yeah, that you said it was a soda pop mm-hmm. because I just checked what we're teaching at Smart this coming up weekend. And you're actually going to be teaching a class on recovery and the lifestyle. Oh, yeah. So that's going to be kind of interesting. So, uh, yeah, that, that will be kind of interesting. Um, You'll probably have a lot to talk about, actually, when it comes to, like, leather and how we don't get to go to some leather events because they're held in bars and things bar like that. Very bar-based, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so. We'll, we'll see how that goes. We'll tell you guys about that next week. We have mm-hmm. way too much going on this week, though. Uh, for example, we... Too much. I mean, we just finished BTL and then we're going to Smart. There's only five days in between. What all do we have going on? No, no, I'm saying on this, on this episode, oh, we have tons of things you. to talk about. thank you. Okay. For example, uh, let's get, get started right off with this. Um, and this should be a pretty quick one. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone asked us at what age we started individually discovered that we were into the whole Dom sub thing instead of a vanilla relationship. And and I'm giggling because you're like, haven't we said this on the podcast before? And I'm like, I'm not sure. So age. <laughs> we're not sure if we've actually <laughs> talked about this recently or not. So that's a good fair. question. What age do we, um, they want to know what age both individually discovered that we're into DS. Um, and I remember talking about this recently, but it was probably at Kinky College when we were talking about MS up there. I think that's where someone asked mm-hmm. us in person the same question. So, and I know for me, well, it depends what you mean by discovered, right? I came across a Beauty and the Beast comic book, which was all about him taking her before I even knew what DS was, before I knew what kinky sex was, you know, and that that really tripped my triggers. Well, so I, I loved that. Was but, that a, was that a, like a Johnny Jackhammer kinky Beauty and the Beast, uh-huh. or was it just straight up Beauty and the Beast? No, it was the, the kinky comic book that I found. Because I yeah. know a lot of people say, I've heard people say, oh, I knew I was kinky because I used to tie up my G.I. Joes. Yeah, I don't know I, that that count you know what? I, I used to take my we used to have a laundry shoot in my house and i used to take my gi joe and put a noose around his little neck oh and God. throw him through the uh laundry chute so that yeah. his head would pop off 
And that so what really does that was, say about you? Yeah, it wasn't really an indicator <laughs> that, of what I would go on to do. Right, right. So, yeah, so I don't know. But I do remember being, um, what, early 20s when I found some of this stuff and just didn't know what it was, right? It was hot to me. I didn't share it with the now ex-husband because um, I thought it was weird and perverted. and mm-hmm. But to actually start discovering what BDSM was and things like that, no, I was going to say it was with the IRC, but I'm not sure. We moved out here to Ohio in 93. Okay. You got out here in 92. I followed you in 93. I mean, yeah. And then there was Lion's Dens. Yeah. And I remember going to the Lion's Dens. Which and is our local up adult, a, adult store, store, right? Yeah. And this is before access really to the internet, so there, but there was magazines, there was swinging magazines. And I think the story that's in Sex Stories and Power Exchange is called Hard Paddle, mm-hmm. where she um, answers an ad yes. in the newspaper. That story is from one of those magazines. So we're talking 93, 94. Mm-hmm. And I, that was fucking hot. But when I really knew I was into it, okay, so that's just still just foray of, of background <clears throat> of things that I should have had clues about. Right. Um, but it was more when the internet came around, right? I would get onto IRC and get onto bulletin boards and things like that. And that stuff had intrigued me so much, I started looking for more. And... The time that I knew I was really, really, really into it would have been our first interview, which was in not, 98. Not the the date or not the thing you did before. Oh, that is true. Because I just I heard you telling the, that story. Yes, so. I was telling that story and Bat had not heard me tell that story before. And I had just had some sugar and I haven't done sugar in a long time. So I was talking, talking, talking. It was Bat and boy Chris and boy mm-hmm. Chris's partner. And... um. They were at the house, and I was telling them about how I had found an IRC chat channel. It was like, I don't know, BBW BDSM Ohio or something. And I got invited to a demo party. It was somebody's wedding celebration, like the Uh night before they get married, but it was a leather thing. And I didn't know anything about that, but they had demo stations set up. So I took the husband at the time so that we could go to demo stations – Because I wanted to be spanked Mm -hmm. to see if I really liked it. And so that he would learn that I wouldn't get freaked out by it. Oh, my God. I got my ass bruised. It was so wonderful. I I quite remember that. And then I showed you after a lot of coaxing (laughs) because you were still just a friend. I'm not going to show you my ass. (laughs) But I did. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what started us drifting together. Into the kink land. Into the kink land. For me... uh I've got to tell the much shorter version of this story. Sorry, mine's I, a lot of reflection. And <laughs> I was 35 when we got started. Mm-hmm. And we got started because you and I got started. I had two previous partners that wanted to uh, both said, oh, you, one of them said you can spank me. One of them said you can spank me. You can pee in my mouth. And mm-hmm. both, neither were appealing at that time. It wasn't until you and I started getting into this stuff that it was really, that I started to dig it. Oh, Yeah. I, don't, I lured you into the dark I, side? Perhaps so. <laughs> um, but the funny thing is that, you know, people ask, at what age would you say you discovered you were into it? But, you know, 
we we know people that are much older than us that got、mm-hmm. started after the kids had all moved out and they retired. Just met a couple like that、uh, at Kinky College, right? Where, and m- other people start much younger than that,、um, much much younger. We recently spent a weekend around someone that used to be a teenager when we first knew them. I think she was twelve、yeah, when we first met her. And time a, goes by, a totally different LARPing. Not yes, <laughs> it was in LARPing, totally different environment. <laughs> But time goes by, and they get older, and now they're you know it, it's the. Let's just say we've known her for twelve years, so she's in her early twenties now. The、uh, minimum age to attend things here at the Columbus Space is nineteen,、mm-hmm. and. Fairly, not that often, but there's certainly occasions people reach out and say, "Oh, that's bullshit, man! I'm 18; I should be able to attend things,、mm-hmm. or I can't wait till I turn 19 so I can attend things." So people certainly get start started younger. They have much more exposure to it now. You know, like I said, you know, mine was an ad in a swinger magazine, right? Right, that they wanted someone that was interested in a hard paddling, and、um, so we even, didn't have as much access. Even to when、it. you and I got started.、Mm-hmm. Um, The places you could go, the public places you could go to play, were not public. They were、right. hidden away. They were, and one of them advertised in our local alternative magazine and promptly got shut down. Yeah. So, so things have changed. Yeah, things have absolutely changed. We are much more open here at the space. Hell, we advertise our space parties on Meetup. Yes. Right. So you know, much more acceptance and and stuff than when you and I started. You're right. We would go to munches. And people would invite us to house parties, which I don't even know about anymore. Are there even house parties anymore? Or、oh, are we just not invited? Yeah, we're just not invited. Yes, because <laughs> we got our own thing、right. here to run.、Um, yeah, so pretty neat.、Uh, Age—it's kind of an illusion at this point. Whatever、yeah. you're thinking,、um, if you're thinking that you're too old to get started, you're not. There's a good. Mix of older people that attend stuff.、If、oh, absolutely! If you're thinking that you're too young to get started, then you probably are. Don't rush. Right. You'll get there when you get there.、So、Other than that,、too. so as you'd mentioned, Don, one of those young people that we ran across at Beyond the Love—that is the big polyamory convention here in Columbus, Ohio—that you and I used to run.、Mm-hmm. And as we said, we were grateful to not be running it this year. Handed it off to Prudent Gent and Ravenwich. Um. We were people were asking what was your favorite part of the event, and mine was I, when I wanted to go home and take a nap. I went home and took a nap because I had no responsibilities to right, be here. Right, I could disappear into my office and just chill away from people for a little bit because I was overwhelmed with people between、yep. people at the house and you know so many people here at Beyond the Love. But even though we weren't running it for,、uh, we'll start off talking about from for a personal perspective.、Mm-hmm. It's very gratifying to see. How many people were showing up saying, "Oh, you know, I, I got so much out of last year's event. I look、mm-hmm. forward to coming back this year." Oh, so many people! That was、mm-hmm. amazing. As well as people that sought us out and told us how much they were enjoying the Polyamory Toolkit, our Polyamory Book.、Mm-hmm. Um, it's just very gratifying to to meet the people that are saying what you're doing is benefiting our Polyamory. Thank you.、Um, it makes it easier for us to go through the. To reflect on some of the, the challenges that we had going through polyamory, and say,、right. you know what? At least it's valuable to somebody. At least it's valuable to somebody. So yeah, we'll share the tools and had a lot of long conversations. So with people that are are struggling and and bought the book or 
bought the book and said, hey, thanks for showing us the pitfalls to look out for. Some of those people that we met over that weekend include Rebecca and a Wesley Mm -hmm. and and good old Viking James, our favorite Uh, favorite, Canadian. Favorite poly Canadian. Yes, let's go there. Let's say poly- <laughs> I know we know we know a lot of poly we know Canadians, a lot of poly Canadians too. So. Let's hope he's listening, and they're not, and that could be all. Favorite poly Canadian we saw over the weekend. Nice, very good. <laughs> I and, like Viking James. Uh, one of his partners uh, by the name of Steph, as well as a couple other listeners, and we're very fortunate, um, and and didn't get permission to talk to share the names with the people. Um, with the little foursome that I got to bring back here to our studio. Right. And they got to actually... Oh, they're the ones that you pulled me out there to meet, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, They actually got their start in polyamory because uh, one of the partners was listening to the podcast, Mm -hmm. found out about polyamory that way. So it was really neat to bring them back and show them, hey, this is the studio. This is where we do the the recording. There was another couple that said that, that they had started in swinging, but swinging wasn't enough. And they came across our podcast, not that there's anything wrong with swinging, but they came across our podcast and found the word polyamory to describe what it is that they were looking for. And then that way they could talk to their their partner about what it was. You know, they, they found some lingo. They found some language. Mm-hmm. So that was neat. So that takes us to our topic of the day, which is, Dawn, yes. assuming you're poly, mm-hmm. why are you poly? And not just... Um, because it's what I do, but why do you feel the need to be with more than one person? How do you explain that to non-poly people? How often do you hear, and probably not so much anymore, but that shouldn't one person be enough? So how do you, how do you, why are you poly? Let's just start there. Why are you why poly, are you poly? So I, I don't know that I have an answer as to why I'm poly. Well, that's too bad. Just that's that the topic of the I day. know, but just that I am. So maybe with some reflection like I do, I feel like talking tonight, um, maybe we can figure out why. But um, like I share a lot, monogamy was actually confusing for me when I started dating. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, of course, maybe it's not an of course, but a lot of us are brought up to think that we are looking for the one person and you shouldn't be dating anybody unless you're looking for the one, the one. And that's how I was brought up anyway, which was confusing to me because at least one of my parents cheated on the other, you know, on their partner. So it's like, okay, so you find the one, but there really isn't a one because you are going to be cheating because there's more than one. Um, Okay, it doesn't make sense. And then I had a boyfriend, and I didn't really care that he was dating other people. I felt like we were too young to be, like, going steady is what they called it at the time. I don't know what they call it now. And um, it was confusing to me that people thought I should be jealous that he was dating other people. Even though he went to a different high school, lived in a different county, you know, had a different group of people that he hung out with. So I, I didn't get it until I was convinced that I should be jealous. And then I got jealous and then things went to hell from there. But um, why? I Maybe I just believe that one person can't fulfill everything. Or that I've, uh, basically what I usually tell people is I've got enough love to share with more than one person. So, and that's where it's at for me. Are you Instagramming? I, I'll tell you in a minute whether <laughs> I'm, I'm Instagramming I'm telling you or not. my deep, deep 
the, the F- thoughts, and, and you're over there Instagramming. <laughs> 504 episodes plus living with you for the last 20 years. You've heard the, story, heard the story many times. Uh, you know, uh, part of me for me, why am I polyamory? Part one is because I am. It's not your damn business why I am. Get on, you know, if you don't dig yeah, it. Yeah, why should I have to explain it? Yeah, okay. and, and I'm very much, I very much dig that. It's not for me a, it's not a political statement. Mm-hmm. It's not a societal statement. It's a, this is what I am doing for myself. If you choose to do something different, go for it. If you want to be monogamous, you want to be soloist, you know, and date nobody, go for it. I don't care. Uh, but for me... It's a matter of, you know, we make, we, we, we joke sometimes that um, it's weird that I have a vanilla girlfriend, a vanilla partner. I also have a partner that's a brat. I also have a partner that's a boy. I also have a partner that's a bat. And each human being has this different aspect this different flavor, this different thing that not only do they bring into my life, but that I can bring into their life, you know? Um, Why have a problem with that? I mean, it's a matter, it's not a matter of not having enough. It's not a matter of uh, being greedy. But it is a matter of recognizing that I don't go to the same supergiant grocery store every time. I like supergiant. I know where everything is. The prices are comparable with everybody else. But when I go into Myers, I might find something different. Like their international aisle might be staged in such a way that I find those Tazo chocolates that I want. Side note, if you're looking for Dan Christmas gifts, the Tazo chocolate, stupidly expensive. Um, or I might stop at a Quickie Mart, you know. A Quickie Mart. <laughs> stop, I say hi to Apu. Um, doesn't mean that any is better or worse. Or sometimes I'll go to Saraga, which is our international market oh, yeah, here yeah. in town. Or I'll stop by one of the... Uh, there's an Asian market I'll stop by sometimes. It's not because any of these better, worse, right, wrong, good, bad. It is a matter of each one brings has a different flavor to it and offers me something different. And when it comes to polyamory, it works in the reverse too. I get to offer those partners something different. I also think of it from a perspective of being a jazz musician, which I am not. But regardless of how good and how well you guys play in a particular band, if you go play in another band, you're getting fed by different music, especially, I'm thinking, you know, jazzy improv type stuff, right? You're getting different cues, you're getting different feeds. If you're an actor and you do improv, and you do improv with a particular group and it goes wonderful, but you go do it with a different group, right? It's a different energy, a different jazz. Mm -hmm. It is the shortness of life. And the opportunity to experience this great level of abundance. You know, that's what polyamory is to me. I like that great level of abundance. Yeah. Um, why not be able to love more than one person or another? And now I, I, I start off by saying, I, you know, it's not like a political thing, but I feel like I'm evangelicizing? Evangelizing? Evangelizing? Evangel- something like that. And I'm not. I don't. 
but I can tell you, I'm just being passionate about something that I believe in that's been mm-hmm. very positive for me. Even though uh, one of my longer term, over a decade partners and I kind of broke up now, mm-hmm. we're not in a relationship together anymore. It's probably a better way to say broke up, right? But what we brought to each other is still valuable, right? And it's still part of my life. And I've grown from that. It's been a positive experience. Absolutely. So um, just reflecting a little bit here and writing down some notes, but uh, I can remember getting married the first time at 19. 18? Yeah, I was 18 when I got married, had my first kid at 19. And um, I can remember getting married because that's what you do, especially where I'm from, and thinking, oh my God, this, not that he's a bad guy, but this is the person I'm spending the rest of my life with. I'll never have sex with anybody else. I'll never be allowed to love anybody else. This, I felt bound. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I felt trapped. Ooh, I felt trapped. And when I married you and I knew that we were going to design something different, that at least we didn't, we didn't have a word poly at that point, but we knew that we were going to at least play with other people. I don't know that we actually talked about being, you know, being allowed to fall in love with other people. I don't know that we actually talked about that, but we knew we'd at least be playing with other people, right? So I wasn't going to be tied down to just having sex with you. Mm -hmm. Sorry, honey, you're great, but (laughs) you know, I wanted to experiment. I didn't have a chance to play, you know, when I was younger. And the whole idea of going from my two-year high school relationship to my 14-year first marriage to another marriage, which means I would only have had those three guys because I didn't play around because I did get married so quick and have kids and stuff like that, terrified me. I wanted to play. And that's, that's when I really know that I'm different. So now if you're, if you're monogamous and that works for you, fabulous, right? And every now and then I I think, oh, maybe one Dan will say, hey, let's do this monogamy thing. And I'm going to go, yes, I get Dan all to myself. Oh, wait, that means I have to give up my other partners too. (laughs) Mm, No, not on board. Right, right. So yeah, I can't imagine, don't want to imagine not being allowed to have feelings for other people that come around naturally, mm-hmm. you know, having to put up a wall between people because I'm not allowed to have feelings for them. Makes sense. So, well, it makes sense to us, right? you know, it yeah. doesn't make sense to everybody. But um, I also like that thing that you said, um, we can offer partners something different. I mm-hmm. definitely offer my other partner something different from yep. any other partner that they have. Makes sense to you, makes sense to me, makes sense to the hundred plus people that showed up at Beyond the Love, apparently. Exactly. So, but, uh, yeah, do well, you. you do you? This is me. You do, do you? you. Mm-hmm. Good. Well said. Uh, this week, uh, finally, this section of the podcast makes sense. Does it? Yes. There's no parts. There are no tentacles. Instead, <sighs> there are no tentacles. Instead, there's multiple food on boobs. Uh, during the Beyond the Wheel Love weekend, Rebecca, who is here in real time showed me Smarties on boobs. And unfortunately, not the Smarties from Canada, which are delicious chocolate Chocolate. treats, but Smarties on boobs, I'll take them every time. (laughs) And Lady Kaya sent me some homemade lo mein noodles on boobs. Nice. And then a picture of 
her eating the lo mein noodles on boobs, which uh, I think I'll have to. Did you get any nipplage? I did not get any nipplage, nor did I get permission to share this bit with you. So we'll see if it makes <laughs> it on the podcast. I'm assuming if she sends you food on boobs, she knows it's going to be on the podcast. I actually did reply by saying, <laughs> "Ooh, I got something for the podcast." Now. <laughs> uh, so there you go. And to your question earlier, yes, uh, I was while you were blabbering about something. Uh, who knows what it was? I did take a picture of your tentacle pin collection on the desk here on the podcast studio. Nice. Although we had some people come through and got to see it firsthand. You know what? So this is whole glass of tentacles, all kinds of tentacles that people Mm -hmm. have given me over the years. And it's in a mug that was given to me by somebody from Canada at a BTL. So maybe that should be your favorite Canadian poly person. The one that gave you the mug. Indeed. Sorry about that, Viking James. Your reign no. as our favorite person <laughs> did not last long. Uh, so you can find us on Instagram and see that picture of the day. We are on Instagram as Erotic Awakening. So, and we tried to post some pictures. Um, we also have a new subscriber to the newsletter. It's we- Susan S. of Kentucky. Kentucky. So get your EA shout out. Head over to eroticawakening.com and you'll find a link to the EA newsletter. And I promise I don't spam you. <laughs> <laughs> get one out every couple of months. <laughs> and uh, we are going to sit here in front of these microphones recording another chapter of Living MS. The uh, first chapter, uh, actually, it was Baby Love who uh, wrote. It was actually Baby Love who recommended that we do an audio book. Mm-hmm. We've heard that before, but it got me to thinking, well, why not? And uh, We'll just do some rough chapters for the Patreons. Absolutely. And that's what we're about to do. Take a moment to support that podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcast, Google Play. Splitcher, splutify, or plever you pissing. <laughs> you decided if you messed up one word, you were going to mess them all well. up. <laughs> or just tell your friends. If you like what we're doing, head over to patreon.com erotic awake, patreon.com slash erotic awakening and take a look at the options like discounted stuff, extra content, and more. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. Oh, wait, wait. Oh. I forgot to press this button. Ah, there we go. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dan. <laughs>